Welcome to Kaiseki Anime, where we air new episodes every other week. Kaiseki covers currently airing anime, older series seen recently, and other relevant topics for the season. I'm your host, Marina, of the blog Anime BMB, and with me is my co host, Draggle, of the cleverly titled Draggle's Anime Blog. This week, we discuss Call of the Night and the Curious Recoil. <laughs> I guess this week we got a special treat to discuss two of the、uh, most hyped shows of the season, I would say. I think of all of the characters this season, the girls that are in both of these shows are probably like the most popular, the ones I see the most pictures shared of. Yeah. Well, Licorice Recoil doesn't have many boys. I guess that is the bad boy. The bad the, boy. <laughs> and the boss. That's right. Yeah. And Call of the Night has a Kokunatsu version too. I mean, I feel like there are a majority of shows that have cute girls, right? And it just so happens that the leads in both of these shows, they just are miles above any other show. Yeah, they're very likable. Yeah. So, do you want to start out with Call of the Night? Yeah, sure. So, this one's about this guy who can't sleep and he's skipping school and he wanders the street at night and he meets a vampire who、uh, looks like Kotaru. From Tagashi、uh, Kashi, and、uh, she sucks his blood, and he wants to become a vampire too. But to do that, he has to fall in love with her. So he's trying to fall in love with her. It's interesting trying to. The, the summary of this is pretty easy, right? Like, like you just did. It's an insomniac kid meets vampire, blah, blah, blah. But, like, how would you put this in a genre? Like, what would you describe this as? Because I saw a few listed. On sites like、uh, Anime List, right? And I'm not quite sure I agree with some of them, although I can kind of see where they're coming from. Genre. Gosh,、yeah. that's a tough one. <laughs> I mean, obviously, fantasy, right? You have supernatural elements sure, in this with、sure. the, the vampires. And then, like, they had comedy, and I was like, I guess? Yeah, I can see that. I can see that. <laughs> I would say kind of like comedy slice of life type thing, even. Just a very weird life is taking a slice of. Yeah, because it's just sort of like what he does at night, like a routine thing. They're not having any sort of conflict other than like the overarching one of him trying to become a vampire, right? Yeah, exactly. It's not really romantic to me, but I guess it's part of why he's doing this because he, he doesn't really know what love is. So, the pursuit of that, I, I suppose. And then they even had like psychological, and I was like, ah,、oh, I guess maybe I can kind of see that. What about you? Yeah, I can see the psychological. I don't know. Usually when you see that genre, it means like dark psychological. Right. But- <laughs> I mean, you think about like horror. Yeah. But there is like a strange、bad. mental state when they're wandering around at night with each other. Yeah, it's really good at setting up that. Weird mental state. Like it, it has this sense of absurdity where they're wandering around at night. Anything can happen there. You can do whatever you want. Nobody cares. Even their bizarre meetings with like those drunk guys that seems to happen quite frequently, right?、Yeah. It's like this only nighttime thing that you wouldn't really have happen during the daytime, right? So it feels otherworldly, even though it's just these drunk guys. Exactly. It's an isekai. 
This is not an original work, unlike the other. This is from a manga that started in 2019, Kotoyama. And it's not a coincidence that this is very reminiscent of Hotaru from Dagashikashi because it's the same mangaka. So I like the characters are so similar and like oh, even yeah, the character designs are super similar. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's very giant at first. It's like, oh, there's Hotaru. Oh, it's Kokonatsu. And then Hajime shows up later. The only yeah, one we exactly. haven't seen is there's no Saya yet, which is good because childhood friends suck. Wait, there is a childhood friend. But it's not Saya's design. Yeah. That's true. There is a childhood friend. This is also supposed to be 13 episodes, so I'm guessing it's going to finish the season. Although, since I'm not a reader of the manga, I don't know if that means this is almost done, if they'll be able to finish it, or if they're going to have to like have a sequel or something. Yeah, I don't think they'll finish it. I'm pretty sure it's still ongoing, actually. Some of the staff people, like the the directors, are uh, they're heavily involved in like quite a few other Shaft shows, like the Monogatari series, hmm. uh, Zetsubo Sensei. I, I'm not surprised. It uh, it does have a, a bit of a vibe, but I I feel like with those shows they go a bit too far. Well, actually, this show is more suitable for that kind of style too. I think. I feel like it could keep going. Oh, the show? Like yeah. Past 30 emphasis? Yeah. I, oh, I think it sure. could go for sequels. Yeah, I don't I don't think it's going to end, because I think the manga is still ongoing. I actually yeah. read, read this a couple of years ago, and I really I loved it. Yeah. Oh. But I liked it so much that I, I uh, you know how I always save the best for last. Yes. So the, this became saved for last, and now I'm like 80 chapters behind. Oh, even with the manga, you're you have that attitude. Oh, I have that attitude with everything. I didn't realize that. So yeah, it's just like with food too. You save your favorite food for last. Yeah, <laughs> I'm like fifty chapters behind on Hoseki no Kuni too. Yeah, but what happens when you're too full to eat? Right, like with this, like your plate is so full with other manga that you like never get around to reading or watching. I know that's that's the issue. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, well, what about this anime, Call of the Night? What are you liking about this show so far? I, I think uh, it's the atmosphere that really gets to me with this show. The walking around at night, it feels like oh, you can do whatever you want to. You have such an odd sense of time where it's like time never ends, kind of. I'm with you there. I think I was only maybe like five, ten minutes into it, and I already loved it because of like the color palette you know the heavy purples and blues and blacks it was just gorgeous and the music i love the music of the show i don't know if you knew that the opening and ending are also by the same performer uh, creepy nuts but like, i love them both creepy nuts did you say creepy nuts you know creepy like, nuts yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> such a funny name <laughs> don't ask me why but yeah i wonder if they know the the English meaning of nuts. Probably. Okay. <laughs> Interesting. I, I can't even remember the opening or ending. I'm not going to sing it for you, so you go look it <laughs> <laughs> up. The other thing I really like about this show is the like sense of the sexuality, where like they're both very confused. And everyone That's front else and is center. Confused about them. There's no way you're going to avoid that, right? Because it's just as heavily handed as the color palette i would say and just like that tone that you get like that atmosphere the whole discussion about puberty and coming of age and you know confusion between love and sex well i feel like is the confusion here is different than confusion between love and sex 
I feel like he doesn't understand either of them. Oh, yeah. I agree. Yeah. I'm not sure Nazina knows the difference either, even though she's, like, way older. Well, not not even knowing the difference. I'm not sure they've experienced either. Yeah. I'm pretty sure she hasn't, just based on how she reacts to him, you know? Yeah. Like, she acts all-knowing, like, all-worldly, and she treats drinking blood in a very cavalier manner. How she doesn't really get why he gets upset about her sucking other people's blood, even though she's described it to him in a very sexual way. So I feel like she is familiar with, like, that physical side, but not, like, how that ties to true attraction, true caring for one another, which is why I think she gets so easily embarrassed by things. Yeah, I guess that's true. She also does those uh, massages. She's kind of a poser, you know? I think she's like, totally she a poser. <laughs> jokes like makes these innuendos, but then when it's like brought up to her, she gets horribly embarrassed. Yeah, you'll you'll enjoy the the more recent episodes where her Oh yeah? Her her vampire colleagues show up and they're like, Nazina, suck his blood already or kill him. I'm looking forward to it. I think part of me is also holding back like what you do. Mm-hmm. Not not intentionally, but it makes me even more excited to catch up on the show. Yeah. Later episodes are still going strong. And then concerning Ko, the, the boy, he's interesting. Like you said, he doesn't seem to really have any experience with either love or sex. He's very new to it, which makes sense. I mean, he's only, what, a second year in high school? Yeah. And he's also like dropped out of uh, he hasn't like fully dropped out of school right not officially but he doesn't go and doesn't really seem interested or perceives himself as completely friendless and not interested in like going to school and seeing other people so i was actually under the impression that he was actually depressed he definitely has some issues i'm not entirely sure if it's depression or not he seems a bit willing to uh go out and do stuff at night for depression it feels a little bit like compensation I guess, or like seeking something that he is missing in the nighttime. And the way that they portray nighttime, I I can see why. Like, it's very attractive. Right. It's a time to flee to. And it's also a time where they don't have, like, the judgmental standards of the daytime. It's a lot emptier and quieter. Why can't we have a nighttime like this? Like, it's such a fan. It's fantastic. No, no, not like that. You just don't go outside at nighttime. I have definitely been outside at nighttime, and I think it's a very rare place to find a city that is as safe as it seems to be in this anime. <laughs> you try being a single female walking alone at night and see how it feels. It's it's not comfortable in most places I've been to. You just have to chat up the drunk guys waiting for the bus at 2 a.m. That definitely <laughs> is not a smart thing to do. No. <laughs> Yeah. It's just, to me, I love it too. Like, I was just watching this and being like, wow, I wish I could do that. But I've had way too many uh, run-ins where I know better than to do that. (laughs) No, I I agree. I agree. But I I just want to know what his deal is. And I don't know if they show this in later episodes because I've only seen three. You know, it it sort of hints at it with what I've seen so far with his childhood friend uh, with the third episode. I think her name's Akira. About how, like, he was seemingly popular and then, like, he quit going to school inexplicably and doesn't seem to think of any of those people he was popular with as his friends. And I, I just want to know what's going on with him and what happened. Do they explain that later? I don't think they really explained it yet. Hmm. But I'm sure they will at some point. Yeah, it's interesting how all the different characters have kind of different reasons for escaping at the nighttime. 
like yeah. Akira, she she's less of a night person, more of a morning person because she like goes running at four a.m. If I remember, I correctly. really like that crossing of times. That yeah. I, for you to bring that up, I think it's cool that like as she's waking up and like getting her body into motion, they're winding down and heading to go sleep. And then we have the the massage lady who's escaping from the work pressures. I don't know if I've met her. She's probably in like the next episode. You'll see her okay. soon. And then we have Nazuna, who's she just like night is her natural time, I guess, and she's a vampire. But she 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 seems kind of bored at night. She's like, oh, I'm glad this guy's here to play games with me. Yeah, I'm curious what her deal is because she really does seem like a creature of the night, right? Where she's just very comfortable and that's her natural habitat. But then she also seems strangely interested in this kid. Like, of all things, why this kid? That's true. I guess she's older than him, right? Is she, like, an adult? I guess she's I a vampire. I can't remember. I, I'm pretty sure they mentioned that she's, like, lived for quite a long time, but maybe I'm misremembering. But that was part of why I saw this as a little disturbing. A little bit like a Mrs. Robinson thing going on here. With like, this older <laughs> lady and this, you know, really new, this young kid who has zero experience. And so it feels a little predatory, but then that's just on the surface. Because it doesn't actually, I personally don't feel that when I'm watching the show. No, I don't think so either. She, it's clear that she's also very inexperienced. Right. So, and I guess like if you're a thousand years old or whatever, everything is predatory. Well, and she's a vampire, so it's it's supposed to be predatory, I guess. Exactly. <laughs> Again, maybe that's you know her natural state. Yeah. Well, the you know, like the other vampires, they they actually are predatory. How many of them are there so far? Uh, I think there were four. Are they as appealing as Nazuna? Uh, what do you mean by appealing? I just really like her style, the way that she always talks to him. When she's like, boy, when she like <laughs> like talks about him and then kind of like pretends not to care. But then she shows up, you know, when he is thinking about her. She's they're they're like all that. very different from Nazuna. They're like more experienced. And uh, they all try to seduce the boy. Oh, really? Yeah. Like, uh, one is a little girl, and she, like, pretends she's a school kid. And one is, like, the older older lady, and uh, one of them just likes to fight with Nazuna, and I forget the other one. All right, well, the first two sound creepy, so... <laughs> yeah, they're, they're kind of creepy. <laughs> Put it in a good way. Creepy in a good way. I'll see it. I'll see. Well, as in, like, they make the show interesting. Yeah, I don't foresee the show being boring at all, even though I'm only a few episodes in and there's quite a lot more to watch. It seems like something that'll go strong until the end. Yeah, I think so, too. Looking forward to the rest. Shall we move on, then, to the next show? Sure. Next is Licorice Recoil. This is probably, like, the most popular show of the season, at least based on all the artwork and my Twitter timeline. Same. For once, we're on the same page. Okay, good. Uh, it's, (laughs) It's everyone, not just my weird followers. Not just, like, the people who like cute girls and the most popular shiny thing, but even the, I would say, snobbier, more choosy reviewers, right? I also (laughs) like this show, so I think everyone seems to enjoy it. Yeah, it seems like mostly a kind of harmless fun show, but it's just very well well made, well animated. I think that's an testament to the writing. Like, not only does it look good, Good but I mean, people are willing to watch things that look like shit. If the writing is good. But here, we have both. Yeah, 
And it's not like the the plot is great or anything. It's more just the characterization, I think. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Like, it's a little um, murky, right, with the whole mystery behind why she is the way she is um, with the, was it the Allen Institute? Like, that's all sort of mysterious, whatever. But I don't know if people are really watching it for that plot so much as they're just watching it for Chisato. Yeah, for bumping your nose into that beautiful butt. I think that that just made everyone go wild. Okay, wait. So let's rewind, right? Let's just do like a quick summary of the show, which like when you read it, when I first saw this on the chart, I thought it was going to be like seriously just more of like a casual detective show like we've seen before over and over again, right? Right, right. Where it's like maybe just this quirky cafe of people who solve people's problems because we've seen that everywhere. But this goes a little further than that, a little bit deeper than that, because these are actually schoolgirls who are hired, who are trained as assassins for, I'm assuming, like a government agency, right? Yeah, the aren't they called the licorice something or other? They're called licorice, yeah. I don't know if I'm saying that right. Yeah. And they work for, like, the defense of the country. Yeah. Uh, except our main characters... They're definitely the bad guys. Well, are they? I think that depends on, like, what your stance is on, like, defense and fighting terrorism and, like, how they're handling these these girls. Because let's not forget how young they are. Yeah. Do you, do you really think they're the bad guys? <laughs> the licorice? Absolutely. Huh. It's like a reign of a government reign of terror and oppression. And they're not terrorizing normal citizens. Sure. That's what they want you to think. I don't know if they've ever shown us these girls terrorizing normal people while going about their lives. They're always out against actual terrorists, from what I've seen. Right, that's what they want you to think. Okay. Okay, Draggle. Conspiracies aside, (laughs) our main characters are actually not part of, like, the big government group. They are sort of pariahs? I I don't know. They're like an independent unit that's attached to them, running out of this cafe called Like a Reco. Oh, that's what the cafe's called. I think so. I hadn't realized that. I was wondering where the recoil came from. I I don't know where the recoil, like, how does that connect? I have no idea. (laughs) (laughs) That's okay, it's okay. And I don't know if anyone can explain it, maybe until later, unless I already missed it. But the reason why is because this is an anime original, right? There is no source material, and it's going to be 13 episodes, but who knows if this is going to actually end here, or if we're going to have a sequel. But I did see that they're having a manga and a light novel coming out sometime. Hmm. So we can look forward to that if you want to read more. Oh, wait. I'm reading your notes. And this is the writer is the writer of Bento. Yes. Oh. Can you see that? Can you, yeah, you, I, I can totally see that. <laughs> that connection, right? Like the, you know, Bento didn't look the greatest, but it had some really great fight scenes. Yeah. I thought like they, they focused on what people wanted, which was those bento fight scenes. Yeah. But <laughs> it had a little bit of etchiness with their like very attractive girl characters. Mm-hmm. And it had some like really goofy scenes and writing that was pretty charming, even though the show didn't, that show didn't look the greatest. Yeah, I love that show. It translates pretty well, like the writing and the characters here. Absolutely. Now, now that I know that, it makes perfect sense. And I don't remember it very well, but apparently they also did some of the script behind Phantom in the Twilight, which I believe was sort of a reverse harem with like a main character girl and like all these guys. And it was also kind of like run out of a cafe and they like solved mysteries. So I was like, hmm, I wonder if there was a bit of influence here. Okay. I don't remember that show at all. 
And then I don't know if you're familiar with the director, but they've worked on quite a lot of Sword Art Online works, oh, like the original and I then like spinoffs. And sequels. Might have heard of Sword Art Online before. <laughs> maybe, maybe you have. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, the Sword Art Online was very well directed, even though there's only so much you can do with the material. <laughs> <laughs> with that hot mess, yeah. Okay. Yeah. But yeah, let's let's talk about the characters. Let's first mention that there's Chisato, who's the main character, who has like this really, I don't even, uncanny alien ability to dodge bullets. Completely unreal when you see her do it. Okay, is that her power? Because they always talk about how she has like the greatest talent ever. And I, I wasn't sure exactly what it was, but it's dodging bullets. Well, I don't know if that's actually officially it, Drago. That's the thing, because I feel like it's a combination of factors, and that's maybe just the most visible one that they always, like, show off with their animation, you know, their great action scenes, is that she can dodge bullets, right? But the question is, why? And I don't know. I don't think there's been another episode out. I I feel like I've caught up to it. But when they have that, like, hint that they're going to do something to her heart, right? The girl is about to do something to her heart. And I wonder if that's going to affect... Her ability to dodge bullets, like if there's some mm. connection there, or what that is. Yeah, I've been confused with this whole thought about how the guy wants her to use her talent. Well, I think the whole point of the Allen Institute is that they are fostering, they are nurturing people's abilities. They see someone who has a really special ability, and no matter what that ability is, they're going to support them, whether that's good or bad. It seems like they think her special ability is murder, so they're mad yeah. that she's not murdering more. I think so. Like, how can someone be so dumb? I don't I don't get it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that is a mystery, right? Like, what's, what is it about her, like, her dodging bullets, or is it her, like, reaction time? Is it her eyesight? Because that's, like, the one time that we see her kind of, like, have problems, right? When they obscure her vision. Right, right. Like, how does that equate to only being good for murder? Like, yeah. how... I, I Is was it thinking, not good like, for other things? Why don't she go in the obstacle course or something in the ninja right? ninja TV show? I mean, how many sports shows have we seen where she could be like the legendary athlete in like exactly. soccer or tennis or something? And I, I think sports are dumb, but I think that's a much better contribution <laughs> to society than murder. Yeah. <laughs> and maybe it's just because she's unkillable, maybe? Because she, like, she can just dodge shit? Uh, that's why they immediately resorted to the idea of her being a killer? But still. I guess, uh, yeah. So despite loving this show so much, I, I have questions about the plot. I mean, I, I think we've brought this up before. There's nothing wrong with a show that is that you consider good or that you enjoy having problematic elements to it. That's what makes it interesting, right? To be able to discuss it and talk about it. And it's not saying that they support it. They're just including it in their story. I don't think it's even interesting, though. It's just such a dumb question. Like, oh, should you use your talent to murder? No, I don't think Oh, no, no. I meant more specifically like the Allen Institute. Like, I want to know what the heck they are, why they saved her, why they think that that is her skill okay i just want i just want to know who the hell they are yeah i'm all in it for the butt sniffing i don't really care about (laughs) the plot on paper they're such very simple characters right you have like the cheerful optimistic gun-ho girl and then you have the kind of shy girl who has her head on straight does she have her head on straight she's a little trigger happy well that's true (laughs) that was like my major conflict that i had at the start right is that even though chisato is you would think seemingly ditzy and gung-ho happy, but she's got her head on straight because she doesn't want to kill people. She 
values life, no matter who it is. Right. Even if she's fighting against, you know, people who have, who are trying to kill her, who are trying to cause havoc, she still tries to save their life, right? Shoot them in like non-vital areas if she has to, or if she is going to shoot them like front and center, she, she doesn't use real bullets. She uses these. I don't even know if these are real bullets, what they're using in the show, but supposedly like non-lethal bullets. <laughs> Because they're not rubber bullets, right? I, I don't know. I, I haven't paid attention to the bullets. How can you not? It's so bizarre. They're like big puff of red. And I'm too busy thinking about my shipping. <laughs> and then you've got her opposite, right? Like you said, you have like the surly or shy, whatever you want to describe her, Takina. But she's more than happy to like get things done and over with fast and simple by just killing the person. Right. But another aspect, she she does have her down straight, like, with the accounting stuff. Oh, yeah. But that's, like, more of a recent thing. That was really just, like, the latest episode that we see that. Yeah, I guess that's true. She seems more serious, I guess. Oh, for sure. Yeah. She's always, always like, happy, and she's, like, whatever. Well, what I want to know about Takina is, like, why is she so fixated on the DA and wanting to be, like, the star of the DA? Like, what did they do for her... That made her so freakishly loyal to them and want to be a part of them? I, I don't really get that. I thought you were going to ask why is she so fixated on Chisato's butt. And I was preparing to explain. But sadly, you didn't ask that. But I don't have this fixation on butts that you do. I thought it was because they brainwashed them. Do they? Yeah. That's why they use their kids. They, I thought they like get orphans and then they brainwash them to be murderers. Uh, I don't remember that. I don't remember them doing the whole brainwashing thing. I mean, they don't call it brainwashing. You mean like their conditioning? Yeah. Well, I guess my thing in here is like, did they explain how that works? Like, did they, what age do they get these kids at? I assume young, because they're, aren't they all orphans without parents? Yeah, but like, I don't know if that means from, you know, being a baby, like infancy, or do they get them when they're older? Well, either way, like, this whole process doesn't raise thousands of red flags with you. <laughs> well, I mean, no, it does. Obviously, it does. But I, I don't know if they've clearly explained that. No, I, I don't think they explained the exact age. But I assume it's pretty young because they're in middle school and they're quite comfortable with uh, murder. Oh, and I mean, we see it pretty graphically, right? Quite a few of those girls have been killed. Yeah. Which is like pretty disturbing but the show seems to be like oh well you know that's terrible but hey look at how cute these these like lover girls are and then also what about this <laughs> hacker girl this squirrel walnut hacker girl oh i love the walnut squirrel hacker girl <laughs> <laughs> she's pretty fantastic and i like how they're like wait you're the one you're the reason why those guns were stolen <laughs> Yeah, there are some pretty great images with her, like, being in the suitcase. I don't know if you've seen those ones. That, that was a great... Was that the first episode where they were rescuing her, or was that the second episode? Uh, I can't remember. It was, like, first or second episode. It was pretty early on, but... It, yeah, yeah, but it was great when they had the whole episode with the fake voice, and then that little girl popped out of the suitcase. <laughs> well, and then it was their... Uh, What's, what's her, the, the older woman, right, who was in this suit with, like, a bulletproof suit thing with, like, fake blood in there. That was pretty good. Right, right. <laughs> but, yeah, I, I'm having a lot of fun with the show, not just with, like, the younger characters, but the older characters, like Mika, the one who uh, runs the cafe. I think he's pretty interesting. Oh, the guy. Yeah. Yeah. Wait, so is he, is he the ex-boyfriend of that uh, Allen Institute guy? Or were they just imagining that? 
I feel like there was definitely some chemistry there between the two of them, but I don't recall if they explicitly said that they were actually in a relationship. Okay. I wouldn't be surprised if that's the case, because it definitely seemed like there was some sexual tension between the two of them. I, I thought so, too. Good. It's not just my imagination. Oh, no. Uh, definitely not. And, like, they've made quite a few comments about it um, over the course of the show. Just, like, wondering who he's on a date with and not being really concerned if it's, like, a woman. But, oh, it's a guy. Oh, it's definitely a date. Yeah. So. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, he's interesting because, like, you can tell that he really cares about the girls, but then he, he is uncomfortable, you know, with them being assassins, but that's also his job. It's really weird. Right, right. I would like to know more about him, but I'm not quite sure that that's, like, the direction the show is going, but it would be really cool if they wrote that in somehow. Is this only one season? Yeah, from what I've seen, I think it's only supposed to be, like, 13-ish episodes. Oh, that's too bad. That's why it's, like, not clear if they're going to be able to end it well here, or if they're going to have to do one of those things like, oh, break, and then we're going to have a second season in the following season. Yeah, well, I, I would be I have no idea. That. Same. As it is now, I'm not quite sure where they're going to end, because, like, she's already... I feel like the conflict with the other Alan Institute guy, Mashima, Majima, is, like, already kind of over, or, like, the tension's kind of loosened because of him, like, visiting her, and they had, like, that funny discussion about the movies, right? <laughs> he doesn't seem like the biggest threat anymore. Now I'm more concerned about that Alan Institute adult, the one who wants her to die, or who wants her to kill. Right. And there's got to be some sort of confrontation that will happen there at the end with him, I think. I think she'll, like, find some other hobby besides murder that she's good at. Like what? I don't know. What can you, what would you like her to become good at or, like, find as a hobby? I, I, w I would be fine with her continue murdering as long as she overthrows the government. I was sort of hoping you'd come up with some fantasy of her being, you know, the greatest soccer player ever since you love sports anime. Well, actually, the other thing I'd be happy with is if uh, she got married and became a stay-at-home mom. What? <laughs> Just because that would be really funny. And it would really piss off that uh, Allen Institute guy. It probably would piss him off. But can you imagine? She'd probably be a fantastic mother. Like, the funnest mother ever. Yeah, she would be a great mother. And then the ending... It'll have her, like, with a minivan, and she takes all of, like, <laughs> five of her uh, genetic, or no, what is it called when you have the baby with the surrogate mom? So she's not the one who gave birth to them? Oh, no. What'll happen is they'll both give birth to one baby together at a time, and then they'll have eight children. No, 16 eight? children. Yeah. 16? 16? Yeah, eight each. And then she'll have a bus. Wait, Dragon, why don't you just go write this fan fiction right now? Because it sounds ridiculous. You, you think it would be good? <laughs> I think you'd make a lot of people angry. Wait, why would they be angry? I don't know. I feel like you'd have people angry that you're taking, like, this young independent woman who, I don't know, has a lot of promise or whatever, and, like, shoving her into the household as a wife and a mother. No, I'm, I'm giving her the freedom to do what she wants to. And this is what she wants, is your fiction, which I think you should... Right. <laughs> she definitely wants to have uh, what's-her-face's babies. Takina. Takina's babies, yeah. What a cursed imagination you have. Really? I think it's normal. I think you should write it. Okay, and then she's, she's walking around in the house with the 16 babies, and she's doing the laundry, and like as she does the laundry, she sniffs Takina's underwear. Yeah, I can see it. On that note, <laughs> do you have anything else about this show you want to finish out with? I'm looking forward to to the rest of it. It's a great show. 
I am looking forward to there being more fan art, and I would really, really like some sort of wallpaper or something of the cafe itself, because I am completely in love with that cafe. Like, if that was real, I would go there every day because of the stained glass windows and just the whole environment of eating there. I want to go to Walnut's room. No, I just want to sit where all the stained glass is and just have my dessert, (laughs) drink my coffee. Eat your poop. Yeah, eat my poop dessert and put it on Instagram. Definitely. (laughs) Tune in again to Kaiseki Anime Podcast two weeks from now. Please feel free to send us questions or comments on Twitter with hashtag Kaiseki Anime Podcast or on our individual accounts at Drago underscore Kuhn and at Anime BNB. Listen and review us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify so we can continue to grow and improve. You can also find us on Google Play. Thanks for listening. See you next time.